Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Joff Lacey. We're turning green. And eco-friendly in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open-air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Joff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. We're at the Heath this week for the first ever Petersfield Eco Fair, and we'll speak to the representatives from the Petersfield Climate Action Network who've organised the event. We'll also talk to many of the exhibitors here at the Eco Fair, all who can help us on our environmentally friendly journey. John Walker will have your latest Petersfield news, and Susie seeks to beat the heat in her weekly wild walk. We end the Peapod with some Hampshire blues from Willie Austin and his song Almost Blue. The P stands for Petersfield. I think it's an amazing place to live. The Peapod. Well, hi, Jeff. Hello, hello, Claire. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How War- are you? Yeah, warm enough for you? Yeah, we've had a hot couple of hours, haven't we? Have. we walking around. We have. <laughs> and, uh, but it's been great. We're here on the Heath with the Eco Fair. Have you learnt much? I have, actually. We've, we've interviewed quite a few people, which you'll hear later on yes. in the podcast. Um, it's, been, it's been educational, Jov. It has. It ha- has. Have you? I have, yes. We're, we were, we'll find out all about lichen later, yes. which was a highlight. And there's so many different varieties. Who knew? I didn't know. It was very interesting talking to Duncan about that. So, Claire, how's your week been? Hot, Joff. i tell you where I was last night, though. That was Saturday yes. night. I was at the Petersfield Open Air Pool. Nice. Really lovely. Swing. I did have a little dip. It was my youngest daughter's year six end of primary school party, swim right. and barbecue yep. party. And actually, I hadn't been to the pool since we last did a peapod there, mm. which is a bit naughty because I think we did we say promised. we were going to we were go gonna do a, a six, We were going to do a, a six swim. o'clock recording and we swim, which we could still do. We can do that, yeah. We can. We can. It'd be nice to do it in this heat, <laughs> yeah. actually. But yeah, it was, it was a really good evening. You know, end of an era for us. 13 years at primary school. We've wow. Had. And so I, I did have the urge to go in the pool. There were a lot of 11-year-olds in there, but I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it felt great. It felt great. Now, Annie, I believe you had some news in your family this week. Oh, yes, we have. My eldest daughter passed her driving test. Wow, well, well done. And actually, well, Joff... I have you to thank for that. <laughs> I didn't take her out. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> but you did recommend a very good driving instructor, local driving instu- instructor, Tom Rundell. Tom, yes. He actually taught me to drive, uh, and I passed in 1989. My wife used him, my sisters used him, and Pepe used him two years ago, and he passed first time as well. Yeah. So, yes, he's been going a long time, and he's fantastic. Yeah, huge thanks to Tom. Thank you very much, Tom. It was a good day. It was a good day. How do you keep? cool how do i keep cool yeah i'm not very good at keeping cool it is scorching hot though isn't it and i tell you what this is sunday and you know we're looking at potentially record-breaking temperatures in the next couple of days so by the time this peapod has been edited and broadcast on shine radio um you know we could have probably lived through the highest temperatures this country's ever seen it's can't, can't wait it's going to do my town the world a good yeah <laughs> fried to a crisp I mean, well I've, quite... I passed the red stage I'm now bronzed is that what it is uh, yeah I think so <laughs> I mean it's really worrying it's horrible because it's you know there are loads of warnings out you know people don't travel it's like you know take it take it as if it would be a hurricane warning you know yeah. I've, I've seen on but the I news. can't I can't work from home the bank doesn't allow me to uh, bring thousands of pounds worth of money home <laughs> so I have to go in it's gonna so be quiet. it's um, it's going to be very quiet I would think 
Yeah. I mean, they've closed local schools, so the the TPS has closed. Yes. Um, Primary schools, as far as I'm aware, are still going ahead this week. But, you know, it's it's had massive impact. So So, it's quite topical and quite interesting that the eco fair is happening at this um, time. Well, yeah, so the way I keep cool, Claire, Mm. I get my deck chair out, my Factor 50, and I fill a bucket full of cold water, stick my feet in it. Oh, I thought you were going to say you sat in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can't get that in. <laughs> it fits my feet perfectly. So uh, Does it help? It does, actually. I have fallen asleep a couple of times over the last few days. Lying back, feet in the bucket. Mouth open. Mouth open, looking very gormless. <laughs> <Catching> flies. <laughs> but yes, I think it's really pertinent that we're here today to try and find other ways of sustainable living. Yeah, we've all learned to live with it, I think, haven't I think we, so. unfortunately? But try and find ways that we can maybe stop. I recently went to Hampton Court Palace Flower Show. Right. And this was a topic that was really interesting. Um, talking to garden designers about what plants to grow for our changing climate and looking at more Mediterranean plants. So it's quite interesting. We may well, have to change, you know, a lot of ways that we think. Because we've got a lot of plants in our garden. Must have about 30 hollyhocks. And we want to enjoy the flowers, but we're also very wary of using too much water. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's, good. it's interesting, you know, and I think there are lots of different ways we can adapt and change. And hopefully being here at the Eco Fair, we can get some, some interesting ideas. Can't wait. So, Claire, we're coming up to summer holidays. Mm-hmm. Got anything planned? Yeah, we're going away for a a little holiday. We haven't been out of the country for a few years, obviously. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. You? Nice. Uh, Got two weeks off at the beginning of August. Not going anywhere at the moment. Might do the odd day here and there. That's a nice thing to do. But we're going to be taking a little break, aren't we? A little summer break. We are, we are. The Peapod is also taking a summer holiday and we'll be... Off for the whole month of August, actually. Yeah, a bit like the one show. They take a break during August, don't they? There we go, Joff. I, I like the fact that you've uh, you've likened us to the one show. <laughs> well, I think we're better than the one show, aren't we? <laughs> we don't know about that. Uh, we've but got yes, Noni here, and she's nodding. Oh, thank you. You've elevated yourselves to the one show level. <laughs> elevated, darling. <laughs> we do have a couple more peapods to go, though, for July. But then, yes, yes we'll be broadcasting some best of peapods throughout the month of August. So we won't be gone forever. If there, are, if there are any interviews you'd like to re-hear, do let us know. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on 01730 or you can email us on team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, we meet Greg from Pecan and Claire and I will be roaming around here at the fair. But first, here's Joff and John Walker with a roundup of the latest news in the Petersphere. It's a hot and sticky Sunday lunchtime, and I'm here with John Walker. John, how are you? Very well, mate. Very well. It is hot. I'm, I'm not sure about the sticky bit, although I am gently perspiring, because apparently we're not allowed to say sweaty. So, John, you're on holiday. How's your holiday going? Yeah, it's, I've been building a shed. That's going very well. It's going to be a home office, is what it's going to be. Are you right? You're joining the, uh, the new generation of home workers? Yes. I wouldn't say I'm the new generation, but more like a tired old generation, to be fair. <laughs> so, John, what's gone on in the pizza over the last seven days or so? Well, I think everybody's been looking forward to this heat wave, which we're going to keep chatting about because nothing else has happened. <laughs> well, I think people have been looking forward to this, this heat, the sun. Uh, it's nice to have a bit of summer. Although it is going to get a tad hot. By the time you hear this, you'll probably know exactly how hot it is getting. But yeah, there's been the Eco Fair, which you broadcast from this morning, so I guess we won't mention that. Yeah, there's been bits and pieces, but it's been 
pretty quiet, and it does normally get quiet about this time of the year, to be fair. Yeah, so it's, it's just ticking over nicely, Petersfield, at the moment. Yes, as I say, it's been a quiet few days, but um, great to see that it uh, looks like there are going to be more bin men back on the roads this week. Well, let's wait and see. I mean, so the council tells us, or sorry, their company tell us, that there's going to be more bin men on the streets. But it seems like every 10 minutes on my phone something pops up about either a garden waste or a glass bottle collection not happening or they're all tired and they've had to lie down or something. I don't know. So I don't hold out much hope, to be fair. And it was great to see some potholes being filled this week. Just little ones here and there. But unfortunately, because of the heat, someone has gone over the new tarmac in a scooter and gouged a great hole in it. And there, you've just summed our country up, in a nutshell. I think everybody's aware that tarmac melts in hot weather. I'm sure they're probably getting five, six hundred pounds for each pothole they do. And they'll be coming back next week when it's even hotter to do them again. And the week after to do them again. And it's just... I'm just stuck for words, Geoff. And this is all down to the Hampshire County Council. As you probably know, they're the Roads Authority. And... Hampshire County Council announced on Friday that despite managing to save millions of pounds in their budget, they're now saying that over the next two or three years they're still going to be £200 million short on where they need to be. And you just think this is unbelievable. What, I mean, what, are they just going to give up on the roads completely? It's like, they'll come around and give you a, a pile of tarmac and a shovel and say, there you go, Job. On you go, mate. It's, no, it's, it, I don't know what's happening, but it just seems that everybody's being squeezed for money, obviously including councils, and you know we've got to start paying back, as we've mentioned earlier. We've been talking. We've got to start paying back the furlough money yet and all that sort of stuff. You know, and then it's just ridiculous. The country's driving into a financial back hole. Well, it's driving into a financial back hole along a very pot-old road, <laughs> to be fair. But we're not unique. It seems worldwide there are, there are issues. Well, uh, there's a, yeah, an interesting point. I was talking to um, a very erudite and interesting American last night who was saying that empires, and I use that word in brackets, come and go. And the US and the UK have had their turn and now we're on the downward slide and countries like China and India are coming up. He said in a few years' time, we'll be looking at India and going, how smooth are their roads? How is it they're managing to... And, you know, China, maybe you think of them, it's one of the few countries in the world, in fact, it might be the only country, who got um, a more than 2% increase in their GDP, whereas we're looking at zero or minus one this year. So, you know, it's the old, I think it swings and roundabouts, and we've had our turn on the swing. <laughs> Let's move on from quite a meaty topic, John, and have you got anything light-hearted to finish on? <laughs> Sorry, so that's a long thought. Yeah, I mean, beer prices has remained fairly stable <laughs> across the world at the moment. I would, I would recommend a nice orange juice and lemonade with ice. <laughs> the way forward. No, it's a simple answer, Geoff. Although there has been some penguins in Barrington. Tell us more. Um, as part of the uh, Falklands anniversary of this year. Gardens in um, Bereton put out uh, homemade penguins appropriately dressed in, in army and naval uniforms in their gardens and you could follow the trail round and uh, it was all a bit of fun. So that was quite light-hearted. 
I think that's a great story to finish on, John. Maybe we could do that very soon. Hang on, my phone's going now. There'll be the news at 10 for me, John. <laughs> Cheers, John. The Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and now costs a round pound, worth every single penny. So do pick one up with your weekly shop or subscribe to the digital version. PECAN is Petersfield's environmental conservation organisation working to make our town and the surrounding area carbon neutral with nature. With an interest in local clean energy, energy efficiency, biodiversity, education, advocacy and sustainable living, there are many options available to us and Greg from PECAN joins us now. Hi Greg. Now you're a representative of PECAN here. Can you tell us what PECAN does please? Yes, we're a community group. We're a climate action network, as the, as the name implies, and our job is to help the community to decarbonise as quickly as possible. And uh, our area of focus is Petersfield and the surrounding villages, and also protect nature. Now, how long has PECAN been going for? About a year and a half. We set up during the lockdown, and we were registered in December 2020. And it, it really grew out of uh, all of these discussions around about uh, what we can do about climate change before then. And uh, so everything took place over Zoom during those months and uh, it's uh, it's just grown and grown. I was going to say how, and how's the response been to PECAN in our area? Well it's um, it's growing steadily we've got about 500 people on our mailing list uh, so far and we've got a, a few volunteers who are very active and we're, we're lucky to have uh, about 10 trustees uh, who are very skilled and we've got a small staff uh, who are very very capable as well but we really need more people there's so much stuff that we want to do we've got this long list of projects from uh, fruit trees to helping people renovate their houses uh, educating people uh, organizing social functions going into talk with councils and schools um, there's so much that can be done and of course it all depends on having people with time and enthusiasm who want to do it so if anybody who's listening to this is interested in getting stuck in, come and talk to us and uh, we've probably got a, a fun project for you. Now this is the first ever Petersfield Eco Fair. Was this something that you always wanted to do at PECAN to get everyone together to, to talk about things that people can do, well, to talk about climate action and what we can do? We've been very inspired by some of the other climate action networks that are around. There's one in ACAN, in Alton, sorry, called ACAN, which has been around for a while and they're very successful. Uh, we've taken some inspiration from them and there are other community groups, but there wasn't really anything in Petersfield. And um, I mean, the, the journey is quite interesting because we, we were all meeting in the pub as uh, originally um, uh, as sort of climate activists, wondering, oh, why isn't more being done and wringing our hands and why isn't the government doing more? And then we thought, OK, let's, it's time for action. So that's what PECAN is about. It's an action network and, and we want to... We want to see more people involved and we want to help people on their journey. Because not everybody is born a climate activist. You know, in my own case, probably five years ago, I was busy flying all over the place and living in a house with a big gas boiler and driving my, one of my two petrol cars and generally doing all the things we're not supposed to do. But over time, you read about it and you, you watch TV programmes and, and sort of go along that curve. And, uh, and start to realise bit by bit you can chip away at, uh, at one, your own carbon footprint. And I think if we can help other people to do the same, then we'll be doing our job. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You've just said it. it it's almost 
too big to try and make those changes all at once. It feels like we all want to do something, but how do we start? And, and some of it's quite expensive to do as well. So what sort of what suggestions have you got that people could do just to begin their, their journey to be a bit more eco-friendly? Yeah, that's a great question. The, uh, we, we're running um, a campaign called the One Ton Campaign. And if you have a look at the PECAN website, which is petersfieldcan.org, then there's a one-ton challenge uh, heading on, on the menu and a few tips in there about things that people can do. So starting with the, the big goal, which is to halve our, car, our carbon emissions by 2030 from a 2019 baseline, each family, if each family just cuts one ton a year from their current activities, by 2030 we'll be on track. So the next question is, okay, what's a ton of carbon? How do I cut that up? And um, it's actually not as hard as you think. So there are things, for example, that you might be doing anyway. Uh, and the you know, next time your car needs to be replaced, get a low emission vehicle um, or a bicycle or an e-bike and uh, maybe uh, drive a bit less petrol. That will save a ton or more. And uh, next time the boiler conks out, then uh, you can replace it with a heat pump and that will save more than a ton, maybe two tons or more, depending on your house. Uh, there are things such as uh, with your diet, uh, if you just by moving on to uh, a meat-free diet for two or three days a week uh, would uh, save uh, a tonne from the average household, as well as making people healthier. So there are lots of things of that sort, and buying a bit less brand new stuff that often goes straight into landfill, you know, that feeling you get uh, a few days after Christmas and you look around and go, oh my goodness, what have we done? Um, actually, being a bit more conscious about that and engaging in um, uh, the uh, reuse economy. Uh, we run, for example, a Christmas present exchange every Christmas and we've got a toy exchange coming up quite soon. Um, if people are interested to swap toys from their children, they can do that rather than buying new ones and the old ones being thrown into landfill. So it's lots of small changes and they add up. And I think that the key message is not to be overwhelmed by it. It's a big change, but we, we do it bit by bit. And we're not alone. Everybody's involved. There's a load of support networks, and we'll, we'll get there. Sounds very good advice. Thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you. And just, just lastly, what are you hoping that the Eco Fair is going to give to the people of Petersfield? I hope that after this Eco Fair, there'll be enough people who've visited and felt inspired by what they've seen that they'll go home and they'll talk a little bit about what they've seen and what they've learned with their friends and their neighbours. Uh, they'll maybe make one or two small changes. I hope a couple of people will come and join us as volunteers and lead some projects. We've got some really fun stuff to, that we'd like to, to develop. Um, and uh, the other thing, actually, that really needs to be mentioned is that the councils in our area, the parish councils, the town council, the district council, and the county council are now much more engaged on climate change than they were before and they need to see that people care about it and I think seeing this turnout and seeing how many stalls there are here and how much enthusiasm and you know, the best thing of all is hearing the councillors, some of whom a couple of years ago were frankly poo-pooing all of this, are now on the same journey that I've been on and the rest of us have been on and we need the councillors on board because this is not something that individuals can do on their own, it's not just about uh, a bit of education and a bit of individual behaviour change and the market will take care of it. We need government, we need local government, we need national government and we need individuals. Everybody pulling in the same direction and, and that's starting to happen so I hope that there'll be a lasting uh, footprint if you like from this eco fair on the local government. Greg, lovely to talk to you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. 
The P stands for Petersfield. I can't believe that we live in such a idyllic place. The Peapod. Susie goes for her wild walk this week in the evening to avoid the worst of the heatwave. It's a heatwave and it's early evening and still the sun is beating down. So Rain and I have been hugging the shade. There is at the moment a really lovely breeze, but we're standing underneath an oak tree and a beech tree of immense proportions um, in Chapel Common. Rain has just been in the pond for a swim, which is lovely because it's cooling. So uh, that was fine. I let her do it. But I'm wanting to share with you this green twilight with extreme gratitude because where would we be without trees? I'm always thanking them, as you know, but it's almost frightening the prospect of not having them because this strange sun that we now have that it's, it's kind of unforgiving it's not just a a warm day there's something almost spiteful about it that doesn't seem very British and I can see it I can see it like a heat haze there of, of the sky isn't blue like it was last week it's a kind of a sullen almost a a yellowy drabby colour with this parching sun But luckily, here we are with bright lime green leaves still, just gently swaying in a very slight breeze. Rain isn't even foraging, are you? You're just staying with me and staying cool against the smoothness of the beech bark that has its own coolness because the the tree is so big that I don't think it would see much sun at all. And the boughs just dip down to actually touch the earth. So it is a cathedral of a tree. It still has that, obviously, you know, it's such a cliche, but in this case, I I mean that sense that the sun never intrudes. It's a, a cool and contemplative space. Um, a space in which I thank the tree. And I thank, in this case, the tiny beech nut that made it which surround us and make crackling noises, which I'll I'll probably make for you as we set off again. But just a calm green silence for you. If you're feeling hot, have a cool week. Okay, come on then. The inaugural Petersfield Walking Festival takes place from August the 20th until the 27th. Offering over 40 guided walks, you can also join Susie on one too. Go to petersfieldwalkingfestival.co.uk for more information. Coming up, we roam around the eco-fair and bring you our latest What's On guide. But first, let's meet some students from TPS and their eco-club. Good morning to you all. How are you? We're good. We're good, thank you. Okay, tell us a little something about the eco-club. Okay, so the Eco Club has been going for a few years at TPS and we're very proud to have just achieved our Eco Flag Award, Green Flag Award, uh, thanks to all the amazing work that our students have been doing. It is mainly student-led and we have members for every single year group of the school. So we're very proud of the work we've achieved. And what do you do at the Eco Club? 
Okay, Ellie, do you want to start with what you're doing? Yeah, well, uh, we recently raised uh, money for solar panels. We raised £50,000 um, out of fundraising and donations from companies. And they, this all went ahead and they should be going up soon in our school. Um, we did lots of biodiversity studies um, like to see how many like mammals and invertebrates and we have like in uh, different school sites around so we know how we can like get more wildlife and what areas have lots of biodiversity and which areas don't. And why is it important to raise awareness within the Eco Club? I think it's important to raise the awareness as it shows how much we care about our future and how much us as young children should deserve the future we have and not just throw it away. That, well, that was a lovely answer. And we've got a couple other students here. Why, why have you got involved? Um, I'm very passionate about the environment and um, I really care about trees because uh, this year we've planted hundreds of trees on our school site and it's coming along really well. Um, I've done lots of research about different things to do with um, you know, climate change and the problems with that and I just really want to make sure that us as young people show to adults that we do want a good future and that it is important to us as well and to everyone. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us and enjoy your day. Thank you. We've come to the Petersfield Bicycle Buddies stand now and I'm here with Martin. Hi Martin, how are you? Hello, good morning, thank you. Good morning. Very well, yes. Can you tell us a bit more about what the Petersfield Bicycle Buddies is about, please? Um, well, Petersfield Bicycle Buddies was uh, formed last year. Um, its main objective is to encourage people to back, back, onto, um, back on their bikes um, perhaps people who who haven't been out on their bikes for a couple of years. Um, it's it's social. Um, we have we're up to 93 members now, 94 members. 50% um, of those are probably active cyclists with us. We go out three or four times a week um, on, on nice, quiet country roads. Um, so yes, we're, we're very positive about it and uh, we're very encouraged that it's, we think it's been very successful. There are some really nice cycling lanes, aren't there, around our area here? Yeah, very nice, quiet country roads. We, we are mainly on-road. Um, we don't tend to be uh, off-road, um, although we're always trying to encourage ride leaders to join us um, who perhaps would specialise in off-road off -road ride, riding as well. But no, mainly country country quiet quiet lanes now do people go with you as a group or can you go in just sort of a couple of people if they're feeling really nervous do you set people up and just just partners as it yeah, were or, yes. or do they go out as well groups? when we were first established we did um we were interested in 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 pairing up people to uh, to cycle who perhaps wouldn't be confident um, as it has evolved it's been mainly group cycling but uh, we do have the facility to offer the the pairing up and small group cycling as well so we go out probably about we numbers up to a dozen a dozen sometimes sometimes a little more so uh, it really depends on what the members um, would like and does it cost to be a member? No, it's absolutely free. Um, we were fortunate enough to, fortunate enough to get a, a grant from Cycling UK, um, which is um, going to help us in our first two years. But no, it's absolutely free. Brilliant, Martin. Thanks very much. Thank nice you to very talk much. To you.
We've come to List Men's Shed and we're joined by Neil. Hello, Neil. How are you? Hello. <laughs> right, OK, so you want to know what we've got here? Yeah, what, what, what is List Men's Shed and why are you it's here a, today? It's a community workshop, basically. Uh, originally set up, I think, in Australia some years ago, mainly for guys who are of a certain age, kind of get a bit isolated, that kind of thing. It was, was given something for them to go to and do. A lot, of the, a lot of our guys are retired, they're all engineers and you know they've got loads of experience and expertise, so it's not being used anymore, so it's, that's part of it as well. There's also the idea of supporting uh, people, the guys you know, who are in the similar position, because blokes are not very good at um, talking to people, you know. I mean, I think, I think women have a better network of um, support, or more, a more effective one anyway. That's what we're all about, and also we re we re repair, reclaim, recycle, etc. So yeah, it's, we're we're on mission for uh, for the eco fair. Yes. What have you got here at the stand today? What are you selling? Well, these are these are ladybird towers, or ladybird bug towers. Um, they hibernate in these. Solitary solitary bees go in them as well. We've got bat boxes. They're kind of you know we put them up facing south because bats like to be warm. The bird boxes have got to face north. Not a lot of people know that. No, I didn't know that, did you? <laughs> and these are all made in the shed in Lys? All, all handmade, all of reclaimed uh, materials, yeah. And how many people are involved in the Lys Men's Shed? We've got about 25 members. We've got between about 15 and 20 who come on site. Yeah, we work three days a week. We have like a social area and a workshop and people just rock up and do stuff. Yeah. And any ages? Can anyone turn up? Any ages, yeah. And, I mean, we have got some lady members, but we never see them. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, it does say on the banner behind, a community space for men and women to connect, converse and create. Neil, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. We've come to Juniper, one of the two refill shops in Petersfield. And we're here talking to Victoria Primrose. Hi, Victoria. How are you? Hi, Claire. Really good, thanks. Quite warm. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it is hot. But what a lovely day. And amazing that this is the first ever eco-fair here. What does that mean to you and to Juniper at the shop? I think it's just fabulous to spread the word. Uh, we're all about refilling and, and reducing plastic waste. That has to be a good thing. And um, if we can spread the word more widely, then that's brilliant. Now, Juniper's been open for a year and a half, and it's based on 11th Street. How's business going? It's going really well, thanks, Claire. We've just moved to the other side of the road next to Madeline's Deli, and uh, we seem to have better footfall down from the train station, more curious people coming to have a look. Um, it tends to be that people come and have a look, maybe buy something little to start with, and then work out how to refill and how to reorganise themselves, and then they come back and back again. What kind of items do you sell in the shop? We sell food. We sell um, sourdough bread every Tuesday and Friday. And then we sell dried foods such as pasta, pulses, <clears throat> grains. Uh, we also sell dried fruit and nuts. Um, and we sell liquid refills, washing up liquid, uh, laundry detergents, uh, cleaning products, and also bathroom products such as body wash, um, shampoo and conditioner. Uh, we also sell these solid shampoo bars, which I'm showing Claire now, <laughs> and they really work. They're fabulous. Yeah, I can attest to that. They do. <laughs> well, good luck here today, um, Victoria. Nice to see you again. 
Well, I've met up with Laura Haywood from Refill and Replenish, which is a refill shop based on the high street. Hi, Laura. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thanks. How's the fair been so far for Refill and Replenish? It's been very good, thank you. Um, I've met a lot of customers and new customers today and met a lot of um, the people on the stands around us and um, the sunshine's out and it looks like it's going to be a good day, but not too hot. It is a lovely day for the very first eco-fair. What's the response been like to Refill and Replenish since you've been open? It's been very warm and welcoming. I mean, we started off on the town square as a market store and then we gradually went to a, a smaller shop in the Folly Market and now we're on the High Street. But yeah, it's been a gradual progress and um, we've got more and more customers move over to this way of shopping and taking the time to be more plastic free. Um, and every day we're getting new customers coming in and shopping with us. So it's, it's great to see that more and more people are moving over to this way of shopping and it's just warming to know that more people are shopping this way. What items do you sell at Refill and Replenish? We sell food, so you like pasta, rice, oats, nuts and seeds and then we do like olive oils and we've got teas and coffees and then we've got cleaning liquids, all your cleaning liquids for your household and then on the go things like bottles, lunch boxes, beeswax wraps. All types of areas really filled in our shop, in our little shop. We've got a bit of everything, so um, we try and listen to our customers and what they want, and then we try our best to get it in. So what are the popular products you have here at Refill and Replenish? We have the most popular products mm, for food. It varies from like the pasta and the oats that we have. Um, but for snacks, it's definitely chocolate honeycomb. We have some good coffee that is very popular. It sells out within a day or so once it comes in. And um, for on-the-go products, it's probably, at the moment, it's the sun lotion, obviously, with the heat that we're having. And the liquids are always your, your laundry liquid and your washing up liquid. So, yeah, we have quite a wide range there. Able, people are able to come and refill but yeah chocolate honeycomb is the, the favourite mm. even in this heat actually oh, really <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds good we all need a bit of chocolate in yeah. our lives <laughs> then there are two refill shops in Petersfield is Petersfield big enough to have two refill shops do you think yeah I like to think so I mean we're both here and we're, we always communicate with the other shop Juniper to make sure that we are stocking different brands of different things so then we're giving the customers more choice at the end of the day and yeah we're working well with each other to do that and we're getting more customers in every day so I think yeah there's definitely enough room for both of us and with Covid slowly becoming on a back burner maybe that um, people are more happier to shop this way and it's the words getting out that Petersfield is very lucky to have two shops not just one but two so again it gives people more choice yeah I think there's room for us but um, we definitely need more people to come in and shop this way for sure in the future Laura it's been lovely to see you thanks so much enjoy the fair <laughs> you too thank you the Peapod events guide what's on in the Petersphere the Petersfield Museum and Flora Tort Gallery presents a one-man production of Three Men in a Boat on Friday the 22nd of July in the courtyard. Tickets are £12 for under-16s and £15 for adults. More details can be found on the museum's website. Atom Hart Floyd is returning to the Phoenix Theatre and Arts Centre on Friday the 22nd of July to perform the greatest hits of Pink Floyd from across the band's back catalogue. Starting at 8pm, tickets are £15 can be purchased from the theatre's website. 
The Sunflower Festival is taking place on Saturday the 6th and Sunday the 7th of August at the Festival Hall, sharing the universal language of music to pledge support with the people of Ukraine. Tickets can be purchased via the Petersfield Town Council website and the bar will be hosted by the Half Moon. The inaugural Petersfield Walking Festival takes place from August the 20th until the 27th. With over 40 guided walks, go to petersfieldwalkingfestival.co.uk for more information. And if you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There are two new episodes of the gardening podcast Growing Together to now listen to. For tips and advice for the garden in July, Steve and Claire are once again at the Adhurst Estate allotment and there's a special podcast from the recent Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. You can listen to Growing Together and other programmes at shineradio.uk bringing you also a brighter mix of music, local news and information. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. We've come to the Petersfield Community Garden Stand and we're with Sue Edberg. Hi, Sue. Hi. Lovely to see you again. Fabulous day, isn't it? It is really lovely. Great day for being out in the garden. (laughs) So what are you doing here at the Eco Fair? Well, we've actually got two stores in one. We're supporting the East Hants Community Rail Partnership um, because they're not able to be there in person. And so we've got all their latest leaflets and the walking festival and um, the little Rambler bus that you can get now on a Sunday. And also we're... From the garden side, we've been making our own leaf mould and our own compost and we've been mixing it all up and working out how to use it and we've got samples lovely pots from our greenhouse of aubergines and chilies and we've been reusing um, hanging baskets and finding the best way to reline them with reuse so we've got cardboard sheep's wool and our own compost and they're thriving in there they love it ah sheep's wool again that keeps popping up doesn't it yeah i told you that's good <laughs> so um what is the community garden how do people come and get involved the community garden is uh, a beautiful calm space and it's on the edge of sheet and petersfield it's along um, part of the new allotments at waterworks road sheet and we um, are free to come to and people drop in and out whenever they want to and we um, have a little plan of what we do in the garden and we welcome other new ideas to the garden and we we grow what people want we grow vegetables flowers, cut flowers, wild pollinator area and lots of wild grass areas so it looks pretty wild in there but there's order amongst the wild wildness. And anyone can come along, are you open all the time or are there specific hours? We, we are always there on a Wednesday afternoon and a Saturday morning and once you've got the hang of the garden you can go up whenever you want to. Brilliant, thanks Suze, lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you too. Next to the community garden, we're with Pale, which stands for, Duncan? Petersfield Area Lichen Enthusiasts. Right, Lichen. We were a bit concerned how that So I thought it was Lichen. No, it does not rhyme with it. It was a young lady from Hitchin. <laughs> so, Duncan, tell us a little bit about Pale. Pale, well, Pale was set up by two of us, uh, Peter and myself. Uh, Peter's a local town councillor as well for the, for the Green Party. But Peter and I just are interested in natural history, but particularly in Lichen. Uh, they're fascinating, they're everywhere, uh, come in all shapes and colours. They're everywhere from the Arctic to the Antarctic, everywhere in between, because they are made up of an algae and a fungus. 
the fungus can, like all fungi, cannot photosynthesize. Algae can photosynthesize, hence that's how they expand. And where in Peatsford would I find some lichen? Anywhere, trees. On that tree there, the big oak tree, just as you walk into the heath, on there, Peter and I counted the day, there were 15 species on that tree alone. And you start walking around the heath and everywhere. And what are you looking to achieve here this morning? Just to real, get people to realise that lichen exists, and that without lichen, the world would be pretty boring in the countryside. Because a lot of birds, for example, long-tailed tits, gold, gold crests, they use lichen to build, part, build their nests. Slugs, mites, insects eat on eat lichen. So all good news. And and, and where where does the group meet up? The group meets uh, most about every fortnight on a Wednesday. We've got various locations within half an hour of Petersfield. Often we cycle there, and depending where it is, or with no more than half an hour drive ever from Petersfield. So we're trying to be sort of constant the environment, and there's lots to see around the area. So how many different varieties of lichen have you ever have you come across? Me personally, probably about probably about a hundred, but there are about two thousand in the UK. Most of them, a lot of them are in the mountains of Scotland. I mean, which I have no desire. I'm not built to climb up mountains. <laughs> well, Duncan, thank you very much thank for joining us. Thank you very us, much. And uh, have a great day. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Next to the Petersfield area lichen enthusiasts, we've found Robin, who is a Petersfield tree warden. Hi, Robin. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Well, you can you tell us a bit more about what you do here? Right. This was inspired, really, through a number of years of interest on trees. As Petersfield Society supported a book called The Importance and the Value of Trees, followed up by one of just a year or so ago of the locations of trees in Petersfield. And it was decided at a meeting in 2020, why don't we do a little walk to encourage people to look at trees? It's just like going out looking at plants, your flower looking or your bird watching. I wrote a book in the term tree watching. And it's called Petersfield Tree Trail. It's only a couple of miles out from the centre of town, around the Heath Pond, and turning back, back into the centre of town. And it takes in probably, we can count over 60 different species of tree. And your terminology tree is quite a long text, so I won't go into that. <laughs> don't, look, don't count shrubs. And now this is a guided walk, or is this a walk that people can do on their own? They can do it either way. On the 22nd of August, I'm doing a Malinka walk number 19, and that will be in the afternoon of the 22nd, one of Malinka's 47 walks. This is part of the Petersfield Walking Festival? It is. Now, do you happen to know what the oldest tree is in our area? Uh Aha, no. (laughs) But we can assess it. It is actually just a stump. A truncated, it's been obviously a coppice tree at some stage, and it's produced six new trunks. Know the answer to that? Who can tell what is the oldest without spoiling the tree? Mm. You can't cut it to count the rings. But an assessment of the stump, well, it's no longer a stump, it's really ground level evidence. And if you care to clean it up and count the rings and assess the size of the new growth, I put the new growth at probably at 60 to 70 years on top of the cut down. Oh. I did one assessment of an oak 
and I reckon that went back into the Stuart period. So the Stuart period started in 1603, from my member, yes, James I. And what can I say about that? <laughs> oh, to end this, what's your favourite tree? Oh, no, no. <laughs> you must have a favourite one. We'll have to pass. I don't have favouritism. <laughs> it's very difficult to say. I have interesting trees, yes. Trees that have probably been considered extinct and have come back through exploration. Explorers have brought so much back from the world. On that tree trail, I have a tree which was considered extinct prior to 1941, and it's growing here in Petersfield. And it's on the tree trail, and one on the heath. Now that's enticing. So go, going back to the tree trail, do people have to book to join you Preferably, for your walk? Preferably. Let me know the quantity. We don't want to oversize it. Surely, if you're walking together, you've got to hear each other. It's, it's inadvisable to be too large, particularly on pavements. Brilliant. Well, Robin's been, been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. I hope people will be interested in seeing and being under lots of these trees. Uh, we've been approached by Anya Oppenheimer. Hi, Anya. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are uh, you? I'm very good, and I believe you're very passionate about climate climate change I am. and being environmentally friendly. We've got to do a lot because, you know, the climate is changing rapidly and it's time that we take action and prevent that from happening. Now, how can we do that? I mean, there's lots of different ways. I think the main thing is to reduce, like, you know, your carbon emissions. I mean, obviously, it's the massive corporations that are the most responsible. But, you know, individually, we can still do a lot to change. So, like, personally, I don't eat much meat. Or if I do, you know, it's all locally sourced because that's one of the highest emissions of, you know, greenhouse gases. Something like a third of the world's greenhouse emissions are from food and specifically the meat industry. So, you know, I think... That's one big way that as an individual we can help cut down. And just, you know, the old reduce, reuse, recycle. It's always a good motto to live by. Do you feel, do you feel stressed by this? Do you feel a lot of pressure about this? Um, I wouldn't... I would say, yeah, I feel a bit of stressed by it. I think it's definitely daunting, the like, statistics that you hear sometimes. It's something like, by 2050, we're not going to have any rainforest or something, or no Amazon rainforest. So um, I think... it. I, I don't feel pressure, I just feel like pressure for like everyone if that makes sense, you know, it doesn't feel like it's my fault or something like that, but I just think it's just a bit worrying if that even makes any sense for you. You seem energised to do something. Yeah, I, I want to help protect the planet because, you know, I don't think it's fair that we're destroying, because especially all the species, you know, how long have humans been living here for? Like 2,000 years. 2,000 years? Thank you, Orson. A bit more than that. No, it's been more than 2,000 years. But, you know, the Earth was around for many millions of years beforehand, and we've just come along in, like, the last few thousand years, and we've completely destroyed it. And, you know, it was full of so, like, rich biodiversity and stuff like that, and we've just come along and literally we're annihilating it, which I think is very poor, because we, if you look at, like, the space-time continuum, we've not been here for very long at all. And the fact that we're just doing this is shocking. So do you discuss this with your friends? Is there something as a group that you guys all do together to help to help with climate action? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm part of the Green Committee at my school, so we've helped by, like, organising fairs and stuff like that and talking about messages and seeing what we can do within our school to, like, help reduce. And I think that's another main thing is trying to get your school involved because, obviously, that's... A, huge amount of people so the more people you get involved the more you can help make a difference and going to protests and stuff like that as well I've done that with my friends and yeah brilliant well it's been great talking to you thank, thank you, you very, very much, much.
for P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The Peapod. Well, I'm now with Joe from Joe's Kitchen. Hi, Joe. Hi. Lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you on this amazing hot day. It is, isn't it? Now, last time we spoke to you, you were at Alchemy Kitchen. Uh-huh. And we did a lovely pea pod there. What have you been doing since? So, we shut Alchemy in December to switch to a street food model. So, I've been doing that as Joe's Kitchen um, and doing private catering and a little bit of teaching. But, yes, we're just about to launch, launch a new business again in September. Now, you... Uh, you cook with um, plant-based food. Yeah, don't 100% you? plant-based whole food. That's the thing. Is it? So I don't really use the vegan word um, because we don't use any processed food. So it's essentially it's um, you know yeah it's plant-based, 100% plant-based. But my thing is whole food, real food. And what's the reception been like to Joe's Kitchen here? Oh, lovely. What's really lovely is that people have followed me from Alchemy Kitchen and come and found me. I've been doing a pop-up with a dandy cat in Waitrose Car Park in Peacefield. And yeah, people have been, I've, just, I've got lovely, beautiful, loyal customers in Petersfield. It's been really lovely. Part of the reason I've done my pop-ups is to keep in touch with, with Alchemy customers whilst we work on the new business, because we're going back into the same premises um, in Petersfield with our new model. So yeah, it's, the response has been lovely. People okay. are still into their plant-based food, without a doubt, ever more so. Can you give us a little bit of a hint about what's happening in September or do we have to wait and no, see? No, I totally can. Today is the first day that I've been given flyers out and I'm starting to talk about it. So I'm partnering up with an amazing new business partner who's a yoga instructor and she's a skeinal therapist. So she does um, pain therapy as well as yoga and med- uh, meditation. So it's essentially going to be a well-being centre, um, but with the, the same food as we were doing with Alchemy, um, back in my kitchen. So it'll be... You can have a massage, come and get some food, just drop in for a coffee, and I'll be teaching plant-based cookery again. So I'll be doing talks and workshops and teaching too. Sounds great. All under one roof. Can you give us an example of what sort of food you cook here then? Well, popular demand, the sticky marinette tofu kebab will be back on the menu. That's, that was our most popular dish before, a little bit naughty. Um, and I'll be doing a, running a simple menu and doing the curry, all the things that were really, really popular, the curries, the kebab, um, we'll do wraps, stuff like that, and some greens bowls, really amazing whole food, maximum nutrition, anti-inflammatory foods as well, so lovely smoothies, greens bowls, things like that as well. Ooh, sounds Maximum flavour, <laughs> maximum nutrition is still my ethos. Brilliant, Joe. It sounds great, and it smells delicious to <laughs> stood here by your stand. Lovely to see you again. Thanks very oh, much. so nice to see you. Good luck you. with Thank the new you. adventure. Thank you so much. Now, next to Joe's Kitchen, we've come to Langham Brewery, and we're joined by Leslie. Hello, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing very nicely, and we've got a gorgeous day for it, haven't we? We certainly have. We certainly have. So why are Langham Brewery here? We're here for two reasons. We're here because we're local. We're just down the road in Lodsworth, so not far for us to come. Um, but also because as a brewery, we are working in collaboration with the University of Surrey and they are helping us to measure our, sounds a bit of a mouthful, environmental, technical, economic baseline so that we can actually know what our carbon footprint is and then from there they're going to help us come up with excellent solutions for our energy usage also sort of recycling and repurposing the co2 from our fermentation and other things and also give us ideas what to do with our grey water waste do breweries have quite a high carbon footprint yes they do because the byproduct of fermentation is co2 and it's 
in the past just been going out into the environment um, and it would be so wonderful because we keg our beer, we also can our beer and we need to purchase CO2 for that. If there is a way, scalable solution that small breweries like us can afford, if the university, who are very interested in their chemical process engineering department in developing something like that, if we can be like a guinea pig lab for them off campus, then um, it seems to be a perfect solution and win-win. Will it change your product? It won't change the product to any extent at all. It will still be absolutely delicious, tasty and (laughs) award-winning. Well, I might try and try some. You teamed that up, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, in the background, you're going to hear the ukulele band, so we'll apologise. But So, what's the interest been like this morning? Um... So far it's been a little bit quiet, but the sun's not quite yet over the yard arm. So, um, and we've got a fairly novel sort of scheme, and this is a, a first time for the event where folk will be hiring reusable glasses. So there are a few logistical interesting developments that we are tackling at the minute, but hopefully there will be some more folk coming along in the afternoon and we look forward to giving them tasty samples. Well, I'm just looking behind. You've got some interesting barrels. Oh, these are our mini kegs um, and we've got some lovely little stickers that say, please reuse me. Um, And we're offering growlers, we have takeaways and we encourage people, if they ever have a takeaway, to, of course, come back to us, but um, reuse the container that they um, are presented with because it will help. And how much how much does the uh, mini kegs hold? The mini kegs hold five litres. The delectable growlers, they hold two litres. Or you can hire a glass if you're here. But we've got a nice cold lager for those who like the lager um, made at the brewery. It's called Lodsteiner, which is German-style pils, but made in Lodsworth, so Lodsteiner. Quite amusing. And then we've got a session bitter. Hip-hop as our best-selling beer. And South Down's best bitter, because that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're now going to stop this and turn off the recording while I come and have a taste. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. It's a pleasure. Very nice to talk to you. And that's it for this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to Greg Ford at PECAN and all the climate action stallholders we've spoken to, John Walker and Susie Wilde as well, and to the eco-aware Shine Radio team who support the show and help to put it together. We end this week's Peapod with some Hampshire blues from Willie Austin and his song, Almost Blue. So from Joff and I, this week, bye! Like you'll never love, never love before Every night Dream I'll hold you tight But I know We'll never walk that road again A woman like you You make me feel Almost blue
Petersfield Walking Festival is approaching on foot. This is Susie Wilde. The Petersfield Walking Festival includes more than 40 guided walks around our area. And on the 27th of August, you can join me in my Labrador rain for an easy walk from Sheet to Durley Marsh and then beside the river into Petersfield. Find information about all the walks including Shine Radio's Wild Walk in aid of the Rosemary Foundation Hospice at Home at petersfieldwalkingfestival.co.uk Support Petersfield's Shine Radio and the Rosemary Foundation in the Petersfield Walking Festival. Dogs are welcome and I hope to see you on Saturday the 27th of August. <laughs> <laughs> 